welcome to another audio blog, as it seems. Um, haven't done really much today except for writing in my journal and reading my newspaper and all that good stuff. And really, it's lovely, a lovely day today. Um, I haven't been out for most of it. I'm going to head out in a second. Um, but I guess I kind of wanted to um, start this episode with the question on... Um, people have been asking me about my really deep imagination and how it comes from. Because um, I've spoken the last couple of episodes about R, of course. Um, and, of course, a lot of people have said... Um, Um, obviously, we're for safety reasons. We're not doing the ritual now, um, but however, um, we thought we would discuss about imagination and how deep imagination can get. Well, of course, um, as a kid, not only did I have my imaginary friends, like I've spoke about in a few other episodes, but obviously, I was a huge Star Wars kid back in the heyday. Um, read a lot of Harry Potter, and I remember when I first got the Harry Potter franchise. Um, I remember the first book. Because, um, as you do, uh, we started on fairy tales and... Um, and stuff. And... When Harry Potter started off, there was only a few kids in my year that read it. And... Um, It really became the talk of, you know, the talk of the school. Um, but it wasn't a massive thing till about three or four years later. So, you know. Um, or should I say about three or four books later? Um You know, and I'd finished the Philosopher's Stone when people had just started it. And I'm like, oh, have you been in the Forbidden Forest yet? <laughs> and they're like, Stephen, I've not got to start being yet, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, um, obviously I'm not much of a Harry Potter geek nowadays, but back then I was into Harry Potter and Star Wars. And, um... Obviously, the music I was in back then was, uh, I was only into Led Zeppelin, I think that's the only rock band that I got a taste for, but um, later on when I got to hear other rock bands like Sabbath and Quo and stuff, I was still listening to sort of bubblegum music like S Club 7 and stuff like that really. I didn't really get to move on to hear anything heavier till um, I found this rock anthem CD. I had to sneak music into the house. So it was, you know, like the cool bit. But also, um, I, would wa I would watch 
Nickelodeon shows. So I'd watch um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Rugrats, Fairly Odd Parents, um, you know, all that good stuff. The Wild Thornberries. And later on in my years, I would watch Dragon Ball Z on Cartoon Network, which was a much better show, I have to admit. And I would watch um, Dragon Ball Z every day. And I got hooked on it. Um... Because it was a cartoon that had a lot more impact to it, it was quite real. Um, the images in it, the storylines, I really got gripped by the whole lot of it and I really liked some of the scenes in it. So, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think, my favourite uh, show... My favourite shows as a kid were obviously... The Rugrats shows, you know. They had, um, I remember going to see the Rugrats movie. The same year I saw the, the Star Wars movie. So, as you can tell, I'm a late 90s kid, more of a millennial kid. Um, and then technology has a part to play for my imagination. I remember, oh crumbs, I remember when I first saw the internet. I'm going to take you back, way back to 1990s, hang on a second. Uh, when I first saw the internet, I was about... Ooh, crumbs. Um, I was... Eight years of age. Um, so I want to take you back to 90, 1997. Now, the internet was quite boring when I was a kid. Because, okay, I liked my games. I liked how things loaded. I liked PCs, but some parts I didn't really find interesting. And the internet I didn't really get to enjoy till I was about 10 years old. And oh boy, we could visit websites. And um, do you remember the old Star Wars site that had the... Um, when you went on it, it had the Millennium Falcon on the homepage. They don't have that site anymore. Um... It's been taken down. But it was a Star Wars website. And when you went on it, it had the Millennium Falcon on the homepage. And um, they had... Like, you could see the Millennium Falcon in parts. And that was before the Phantom Menace film came out. Um... Because they had quite a few versions of Darth Vader. So, yeah.
Um, I'm trying to think what else I saw on the internet growing up. Um, I remember there was a really cool um, Led Zeppelin website as a kid. That was really cool. There was a whole heap of web pages about Led Zeppelin, about Jimmy Page and John Bonham. There was guitar chords you could print off for each songs and stuff. So that's another thing. Another thing I remember just kind of going back was like each computer did things. Now I remember the Amiga. I didn't have an Amiga. I never had an Amiga as a kid. We were more console based. We weren't really into like those types of computers. My dad had a PC, but um, I remember we went round to a friend's house. And I had seen an Amiga before that, but we went round to a friend's house one day. And um, I asked if they had a, a computer that I could play games on. And they said, yeah, we've got an Amiga. So I went through to the, the, the games room and we played every single Amiga game that they had in one night. And I remember we, and then I just went back to Pinball Dreams. I remember spending about four hours. And this is somebody who liked the fighting games and driving games as a kid. But I preferred Pinball Dreams because it was like the music on it was great. The graphics on it were fantastic. And I'm taking you back to the 90s when we didn't have what we, you know, we, we didn't have flashy screens. We didn't have flashy graphics. Um, I remember at school, the BBC Basic. And this is when I'd got my PlayStation by then. I'd had a taste of the PlayStation and at school, we had the BBC Basic. And I remember playing games on that um, as a kid. You know, stuff like Granny's Garden, Hopper. Um, we had one called Sunday Drivers, which was a great one. Um... Yeah, Sunday drivers. We had to drive the car gently round the screen to the garage. And I can't find, for the life of me, the walks are on YouTube. I'm going to go now, but I'll be back later on, to discuss some more amazing things about my imagination. And hopefully, we won't be discussing technology too much. Um... I still do love my technology um, to bits. So we're back again um, here to discuss about the Imaginary Friends Project. Um, we're going to do this as sponsored um, thing, a sponsored series of, um, YouTube vlogs, so, um, if people want to sponsor them, sponsor us for, for us then, um, to do that, because, um, unfortunately, a lot of people have told me 
that 3 a.m. challenges are very dangerous, very dangerous indeed. So, <laughs> um, and somebody mistaken the air challenge for the Momo challenge. Can I just can I just say that it's you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, you should go and look about creepy pasta readings. So guess what, folks? I think at the end of this month. I'm going to write a creepypasta on Tumblr about the uh, the R thing, the whole R thing. Um, but you know, um, I the I won't actually put my experience into it because it won't make a great creepypasta read. So I'll just do the three AM version, and uh, that'll make a better creepypasta than. Because if I actually told you the truth about what happened, like, ages ago, you may not believe that one, and you might just think, well, that's just a crappy pasta. Well, how, we want the real, we want the real creepy pasta. And the thing is, if I do the real creepy pasta, I could put more, like, blood and guts and everything into it. Now, the thing with creepy pastas is... Um, some of the stories, like when you're reading them, um, there's some truth behind them. You know, like, um, like, no, there isn't truth behind them, but there's some kind of this could happen. And my favourite creepypastas are The Suicide Mouse <laughs> um, The No End House Jeff the Killer, uh, where he goes, go to sleep. What is it? Go to sleep. And apparently, they, um, they all have to close it. The people in the story, they have to close their eyes, and then Jeff the Killer comes and kills them. Um, the Ronald McDonald house, which... I don't know, I sort of believe that, you know. Um, the Russian sleep experiment, that is the best, that is the best um, creepypasta ever. Because um, I was speaking to a few people about the Russian sleep experiment, and they did used to do experiments around sleep um so yeah um what was the one with the pirates in the fake tv series with the pirates in candle cove that's a great one um the Rugrats theory, which 
that's a fake pasta, but again, it's good if you've. I don't want to spoil that one. Um, it took me ages to realise that it was a creepy pasta. Um, Crybaby Lane lost episode. Um, the creepy pastas about the deep web, which has billions of them. Um, don't click this link, creepy pasta. That's a great one. Um, Slenderman, obviously. Um, it's not the top creepy pasta. It's not up there with all the other ones. Um, oh crumbs! My other favourite pasta, my other favourite creepy pasta, is the one where he's playing the he's playing the Pokemon game and then he goes into it. Um, what's my other favourite pasta? But yeah, um, the bath game, um, hide to go seek alone. Um, they're all the rituals, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, creepy pastas, they're not real, basically. They're all fake. Um, there's even one about, um, a Sonic game where they put the CD in and they bleed. The person bleeds. Now, those creepy pastas are rubbish. I'll tell you all the rubbish creepy pastas. Actually, that's one of them. The Sonic Adventure one. That's rubbish. The one. All the Sonic creepy pastas are rubbish. Ben the Lonely Game cartridge is rubbish. Um, the. Oh, where's, what's that lost episode where, um, apparently, at the end there's, like, reverse music and, uh, there's the message, like, death is our only hope. Um, I thought that was a rubbish creepypasta, because you knew what was coming up, and, yeah, um, all the Spongebob creepypastas are rubbish because, um, even Squidward's suicide is rubbish. <laughs> because they don't even make, like, they even use screenshots from previous Spongebob episodes. Um, I'm trying to think
oh the devil's youtube channel is rubbish because um how like it's just it's just rubbish um So yeah, um, I mean my my ritual that I was going to do. I'm still turn. I'm still turning it into a creepy pasta, so people can still read it. And hopefully, I'm going to try and get um, a, a friend of mine who's got a channel on YouTube to read it out because. You know, if if you are basically if you're doing a creepy pasta. You know, um, yes, something did actually happen to me, and I can relate to it, and blah blah blah, and all the rest of it. But I just think when it comes to creepy pastas, I do love my creepy pastas. <laughs> um, I I love them because it's like fiction and non-fiction. Um, the fictional creepypastas tend to go over top, over the top with the, especially with the demonic stuff, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, it does become laughable, uh, fake laughable, um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna just tell you, you know, by experience, you know, and, like, um, It's it's really childish, really. The amount of, I mean, if you if you read a creepy pasta story, they use way too much blood and guts in it. Like every creepy pasta story has blood in it. It's tradition. rituals that they've used like um, let's take the Bloody Mary one now that is a ritual that is not a creepypasta because that ritual has been going for centuries on and like for those that like Bloody Mary and you wouldn't want to summon Bloody Mary not if like if you read about Bloody Mary She's not someone who you'd want to summon. However, many people do that ritual wrong because um, I don't know. There's so many things that they get wrong about it. Um, The first thing that a lot of people get wrong with that ritual is um, the amount of times that you say Bloody Mary. Now, in the creepy pasta, um, I think was it thirteen times that you say Bloody Mary. Well, actually, the real ritual of Bloody Mary, you say it three times. So you don't say it thirteen times, and 
you don't, you don't wait. It's it, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know why I'm blogging about creepy pastors. <clears throat> I did also. Um, so the imaginary friends project, which we're working on, which we are working on, folks, we're working on it. And, uh, when I say working on it, I mean, we're doing a whole lifestyle thing and, um, there's a blog and we've already got a fan base. So we're giving the fan base what they want first, which means that we have to describe everybody and stuff. We got the Facebook page, which is going very strong to the point where people um, people have been clicking on it uh, it's been it's been clickbait almost um, but there's something I want to talk about in this podcast I'm worried about my roadie. Like, she's getting old and stuff. And... She's fantastic. And... I don't know. I think some people just do... A bit too much. I mean, I've had her for two years. Um... It will be two, four years... We've done Generation for two years. And... Um... I will... I will have a meeting with her because she has been fantastic. And... Um, I will keep her in the loop. I'll give her... I will give her a job. Because... Um, she's fantastic. And without her, I don't think we'd have Generation... <laughs> so I keep saying like without my sister we wouldn't have generation we we wouldn't have generation without many people that were involved with it but I think my roadie's kind of getting old and I don't like to say the word old but I don't know I just you know when you feel so, sorry for somebody and it's just like and but this person's got a heart and I just think if you got a heart then maybe we could do something and next, well, this year, um, all my private functions that I've been doing, very sniffly hay fever, gets on your nostrils. Um, I'm going to say this on both my podcasts, on, on my Facebook page, I'm just going to say it everywhere. Um, I'm not doing any more free functions. Um, after, you know, the end of this year, um, because I feel that when I do a free function, I get walked or walked over and technically, um, if I get stuck, (coughs) excuse me, if I get stuck, then... The only way to wheel myself out of that one is to get a, you know, transport. Now, 
a lot of people know where I'm going with this one. And we'll just say certain functions, if you do book me, I am going to charge you at a cheaper price than we do generation. And you will have you will see a contract. Um and also um obviously so yeah that's ah, just the number one um so um obviously I won't be losing a lot of gigs this year or next year because you know we've still got generation we still got people to help out there but no free gigs anymore um I've done a lot of free gigs throughout the whole of my a volunteering is great um but in a way that you get the chance you get the experience but um volunteering is like pay as you go you know when you get a pay as you go phone um and basically if you buy a pay as you go phone people are allowed to piss on your chips because you're paying for you've basically you've bought the phone and you've basically you've bought the sim card and you're basically buying a top-up card to top that phone up. Now, when you're on a contract, you're tying yourself to the company. <coughs> Excuse me. You're tying yourself to the company and the company will then treat you with some morality. Now, they have started... Uh, they've changed a little bit with pay-as-you-go customers, but still, it's the same example. Now, with volunteering, people are allowed to walk over you. They are allowed to shit on you, basically. Um, whether they give you something or not... Um, And basically, if somebody does, if somebody running that event, shall we say, leaves you in the lurch, if they have paid you, that's fine. This sounds a bit uh, weird, but basically, if somebody gives you, say, 20 quid, and say your roadie doesn't show up, and you're screwed, and you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Well, you're not stuck in the middle of nowhere, but you can kind of see where I'm running with this. Then, basically, you've got enough money to pay for somebody to come out. You can buy a, pay a taxi or whatever. And even though uh, the temperance hall to my house would only cost four quid, but I'd give them extra to help me unload my equipment because that's like 
their time and my time. If you know what I mean. Whereas, if you do it for nothing, and you have zero money, well, I'd had enough to get myself a sandwich, but that's besides the point. Um, I didn't have enough to basically um, unstick a situation. And... As much as I have basically filled the year getting, getting a lot of gigs, a lot of my gigs are now well, getting a lot of gigs online, a lot of free gigs online, um, because you can just post something online, um, and hey-ho. And... If people pay me, for that event. The money that I don't use that week. Will go back into stepping stones anyway. Because. The. It's. This is a very hard. Um, thing to say. But. Basically. No more free events. I can't do them all. Um, you know. I'm not going to charge you the price for generation. Um, but hopefully we do need something. You know. Um, just because if I get stuck, then... Obviously, you have helped me get out of a sticky situation. And people may say, well, I probably am being naughty but or being harsh, but I'm not because... <sighs> what if you went to a company like... What if you went to a shop and or you went to a service and they needed something and it's like if I got paid today is right if I got paid today for example let's just say I didn't get paid today I, I want to discuss this on my podcast right what if I got paid today? Now, our friend Kezia, who couldn't, she was struggling. And by God, I have never seen somebody struggle. So I'm going to discuss this on the podcast and both podcasts. In fact, I'm going to put this on my Facebook page, on my blog and everywhere. A friend of, not just a friend, somebody who's been had been on the road with me three times. But, well, I haven't been on the road with her properly because... Um, she does different things to what I do. Um, she Number one, she's a singer. The stuff she does, the audience that she's reaching out to are a more sort of a middle-of-the-road audience. So if basically, if I was going to do one of her gigs, I'd have to make sure that I had 
the CDs that I had today, really. Um, you know, I can't just, like, a generation whip out my dance music and start doing mixes and things. You get away with it for a, for a while, but, um, you know, you've got to really turn on the crowd. Now, um, her mum, her mummy, which was um, Chantel, basically whipped out my CD collection. I had a few emergency CDs in there. But I don't really carry around middle-of-the-road stuff. I carry around music that I need. Um, but really... I prefer to play dance music because it's music I love. And I don't really want to play music that... It, it's strange um, to the audience I play to. But... I really felt sorry for Kezia today, and I, and I mean it. I, I was joking around about the stage diving and all that stuff, but to be frankly fair, I felt sorry for Kezia because she not only she broke her back, um, she didn't feel like she could sing. She did her voice just wasn't ready. Even though I could have, um, we could have found a way. I could have got the mic off stage. We could have done it. There could have been a way. It's just she didn't feel like doing it. Which is fair. But I felt like... To me, that felt like... If a CD player had broke or... If a lead had gone or if I'd... Lost one of my cables. And it's strange because... That has happened on one of her sets. I just feel like... Um, I just feel like... the. I, I shouldn't be saying this sort of thing, but I just feel like we're not meant to be on the road together. <laughs> it's like okay, because the last time uh, I was at one of her uh, one of her sets, I lost my cables twice, um, and I bl and actually I blamed her for losing my cables, which is not very good. But anyway, I, I did find my cables, by the way, um, and it's you know it's not a life or death situation, but I felt that same thing. I felt oh gosh. You know, I felt, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's like if, if, if I was at one of her sets and I couldn't do it, maybe my CD player had broke or maybe my decks had broke or, I mean, my crossfade is broken, but it's not a life or death situation. But let's just say my mixer had broke or my cables had broke or, you know, someone had damaged my gear. That's... I bet you that's how Kezia felt today. So I really, really felt sorry for it. Now, if somebody paid me, and I'm being serious, if somebody paid me, I could go, right, I'll tell you what, I'll put that money aside and um, I'll get some CDs or whatever and um, I will, you know, I'll come down and do a set with you next time or something. I can probably still do that actually, but um <laughs> it takes guts and, and stuff. And um this has been my third free event this year that I've done. 
And really, I kind of don't want to do them. And the people that do want to do free events... And this is why I hang in the wings. A lot of people say, Hey, DJ Megatron, Stephen, why do you not do these free events anymore? Why do you not volunteer if you love doing it? Yes, I love doing it, but... Where's my transport? Are you supporting me with that? If you're not, you obviously... You obviously ain't going to support me. You obviously don't want me here. You want somebody else a lot better than me here. Now, unfortunately, that's the way I see it. Um, Because my next gig, when I get paid, obviously, my next gig, some of that money is going to start going in somewhere. And we're also going to get talk of monetization. On the Facebook side of things. Now the monetization on the Facebook thing. Is not really that big. It's just there for. Um, you know ad revenue or whatever. If what 20. You know there's a lot of people that view. The DJ Megatron page. And there's a lot of people that view it. And to me that's like going out. And if I can get for example. Um, I mean a lot of people prefer the posts where. Um, I am advertising something all the time, which is always good. Um, you know, uh, I put a post up about a turntable that got thousands of views. Now, if I had a Facebook monetization. Then obviously, we do not just work on Facebook, but obviously we work a lot on the advertising and stuff. Um, I mean, I'm also getting a t-shirt made. So, it's not like I'm blowing the money that I need from my next set. It's the... There is stuff that I need. Um, And hopefully, it becomes, it slowly builds. There's a portfolio that's being, that's being done now. I've actually got enough, I've got all the, thanks to the Facebook stuff we got, we got all the Facebook stuff that's the start of the portfolio. We got some of the posters. That's start of the portfolio done. But there needs to be more. There needs to be um, a few contracts. Which, you know, proposals and contracts. Uh, the proposals are quite easy to do because there's a generation proposal. Which, technically, I can write that alone. Um, because I remember everything that was said for that. And... and uh, hopefully that's, you know, if we just put all that on paper, it makes it look good. And this portfolio will be, you know, I'll be taking it around to show people, hopefully. And it will, it will be a great look for anybody. Um, will I, will I do copies of it? Of course. Um. I mean, the portfolio will be 
online and offline. I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping to be to to be offline really because um, when you've got hard copies of stuff, excuse me. Um, when you've got hard copies of stuff, and you show it people, you can blow people's minds out with it. Because I could say, right, this is the amount of free work I used to do. <laughs> Which I'm not going to put in my portfolio. It doesn't need putting in. But the amount of free work I used to do. Oh my gosh. If if you could just write that down alone. You know, and the amount of paid work that I used to do was very little. Now, I'm not moaning about paid work and unpaid work. What I'm moaning about is. Um, the fact that I think you get you know, sticky situations or non-sticky situations. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> there is more serious stuff to be done. Um, we've we're doing a, a five-track EP later on this year, um, which again. The five track EP is it's not it's not serious um in the facts that basically with the five track EP we're doing for um my nephew again. So we're doing the five track EP for my nephew and I wanna go in the studio and trying to get a few musicians together and seeing if people wanna play on it and um and stuff like that and trying to get a few vocalists on it and stuff. Um, and we get another producer in and stuff, and then we do a CD, and it helps other people as well. If we go, uh, hopefully, we can help some students who are in that industry, in that field. Because if I go into a college and I pick out a band and I go, oh, I like this guitarist. Maybe he may be well known or something. You know, let's get him on this EP. <clears throat> because if you get people like that and you go, oh, right, let's have a little bit of this rock guitarist on, a little bit of this singer on. It makes them look good and obviously we can sell the EP and hopefully do something charitable charitable with it I mean I will still I will do a few free gigs a few but we're not doing every single every single even private gigs that I've done um, because obviously it, it just hasn't looked good at all, and uh, you know, and I was literally I had no energy today, and I've worked my butt off. I just had no energy to do anything, um, and I think. That if I had 
a bit of money, I wouldn't have crashed, or, I don't know, I'm not going to moan about it, because it's not my place to moan on too much, um, But anyways. Well, guys, I am absolutely exhausted. Um, I've just done a live stream on Facebook in a group to teach people about um, worlds that we autistics face um, and so on um, and tonight I've also been on the yellow slide at Splashworld um, tried doing that slide myself and it's a brilliant slide absolutely fantastic so I now have two favourite slides there I've got the tube slide and the yellow slide but um there's one thing that I love about the yellow slide, and that's towards the end, there's like this pool that you go in, and um, they have a lifeguard there, and um, I just keep saying to the lifeguard, is this the place where you spun me last time? He's like, yeah. I was like, go on, give us a spin then. <laughs> and he spins me really, really fast, and I just go down the slide, and I'm spinning <laughs> to the point where I'm going down backwards, and then I crash in the pool. Um, I crashed into my mate twice. Um, but yeah, um, now there's a lot of people ask about this podcast, the other podcast, um, and I'll talk about that as well in this podcast. And a few people have tried the ritual. Um, I'm not going to talk about that further on. If you know what I'm talking about, then, you know, but some people have said that they've done the ritual. And they've had a few surprising outcomes. Um, I found you. I found there was a few people on Facebook that said that they tried the ritual, um, and something happened. They don't know. They can't explain it. But apparently, some people who are using the the black towel, um, it showed signs of movement. Um, they threw water on it straight away um, it, it just it just stopped the ritual but um, yeah um, also why we're here folks why we're here um, I'm also doing a horror audiobook soon. It'll be in the same place, be able to find it. Um, a horror audiobook um, uh, called The Black Box. Um, just some short stories to give you the chills, <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. Um, But yeah, um, I 
I love my my horror films. I like that it's scary and it's to the unknown. And there's a certain part of us that likes horror films. You know? I also went to see Mark Watson. What a guy, I tell you. And I've never been to see a comedy before. And um, it was one of those, like, it was quite small, the place we were in. Um, Everybody in that room just, there was just a real warm, atmosphere and um, he was better than than Michael McIntyre even though I love Michael McIntyre's stuff it's more or less a bit too same stuff it's the same jokes and Whereas Mark Watson, he's got a script there to lean on, but I think his warm-up act just... It was it was one of those nights that, you know, a comedian could not have picked, like, the best night. Like, there'd been... There was a traffic jam... There'd been a sinkhole in the road. Now, you read of these sinkholes, and um, you hear about them, and it's like he joked about it in a subliminal religious way. It was like, oh, there's the underworld from Lord of the Rings or something. And, oh boy, I was laughing my socks off. There was tears coming out my eyes. I've never laughed that much before. But there was tears coming out my eyes. And I was just trying to hide the laughter because I have a a loud laugh. And (laughs) my laugh was setting the audience off. There was one point where... um, Poor Mark Watson on stage. Yeah, if you did go to see Mark Watson, I was the one that had the amazing laugh. <laughs> um, and there was one point where I just laughed a bit too late. <laughs> you know, I just caught it. And comedy's a personal thing with me. I, I don't know. It's like personal. If if I find it funny, I'll laugh, but not when the audience laughs. Because I just think it's got to really hit me. It's got to sink in, then it's got to hit me, and then I've got to laugh. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at the point. At, I just found the bit about the sinkhole funny. And then there was something... I mean, I'm not going to ruin it, because, you know, the, it, it will spoil the magic of the night, of course. 
but it was really good. And there was one bit where he's talking about wine tasting. Now, I have noticed, like, when you go out with these wine tasting buffs, or it, the same like with beer. When I first went, I remember um, when I first went to the bottle shop, or as it's known, the tap and bottles, or the bar, or the uh, old laundry shop. Um, yeah, if you want the knickers and bras, they're upstairs. Um, but anyway, um, less of that and more about beer. When you go out with serious beer drinking people, you can't just drink. You can't just sit there and drink a pint nice and quietly without someone going, "Oh, it tastes of such and thing," you know. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've actually turned into one of those beer buffs because if I'm drinking a real ale, I'll go, "Ooh, there's a hint of this in it." It, do you know you can actually piss off the bar people by doing that as well because you drink like you go ooh there's a hint of um, like the chocolate beers you know um, you'll drink it and at first it'll be like mm, this doesn't really you know, this doesn't really get me now a lot of people don't like the chocolate beers when I I remember back in the day when I was just a lager out drinking um Nat's piss from a glass which do you know Nat's piss tastes really nice you know it, it fizzes up your brains and you go really good and giddy and woo and in the morning you you know it comes out your ears and out your ass and wherever else and um, it's like lager lager's one of those drinks like um, like I think is it Carlsberg Carlsberg's like oh man the amount of gas that they inject into it. It's like, my goodness grief. If you drink several pints of Carlsberg, you will blow up in the morning. You will just, you'll, you'll just explode. Um, anyway, but, you know, drink a German lager. Um, anyway, um, where was I? So anyway, I used to hate, uh, I remember I drank this banana beer once and oh my gosh, it didn't taste right uh, even now um, I don't mind banana beer but I'd rather not <laughs> I'd rather stay away from it but oh I had these fruity beers and my golly I've never been to the bog as quick as but I really I remember having this um, like you know I had this banana beer and I had this other beer and it just, these fruity beers back then, they just did not taste right. There was something completely wrong about them. And if you're going to the toilet, um, you know, and you're pooing liquid out your ass, there is something wrong. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, I love real ale now. Um, my, my, my life has completely changed. Um, because you know you can taste you can taste the yeast in it um you can t there's so much things you can taste if you have a decent pint right i'm gonna say you now i'm gonna educate you folks this is probably gonna be like a lord of the rings film this is probably gonna be about three hours but if you if you have a proper pint right of bitter that's not full of chemicals hasn't got a load of uh ants crap injected into it then basically it's gonna taste good it's gonna taste you know it's gonna, 
you know, if you have a real decent pint of, um, like my favourite is um, Dumba. Oh, I love it. It's um, and Hobgoblin. Um, there's, there's a, I like the golden beers as well. Um, I like the blonde, something blonde. I like the blonde beers. But I remember my brother-in-law, he bought me this beer in Weatherspring. It was called Wobbly Bob. And I was told, <laughs> I was told not to down it because it was about five or six percent. And I had this and it's ooh, lovely. <laughs> had this pint. I had a pint before it. Now, when you have Wobbly Bob, it's like you've had about four or five pints of it. I'd hate to think what would happen if you did have four or five pints of this. I did have like two or three pints. This was like my third pint. And um, it was Wobbly Bob. And I drank it and it was beautiful. It was absolutely glorious. But as I was drinking it, I was getting slightly merry. I thought, this is odd. You know, the last time that happened to me, um, I had this beer called Sammy Claus, which a friend of mine got me. Oh, he's not a friend, really. He's because you know, he said to me, "You can't have this. You can't have this cake until you've drank this bottle." Um, you know, so I thought, okay, I'll. Uh, I want me cake, so I'll down the bottle. Um, and I drank this bottle and apparently I had to drink the whole bottle and I was sat there and I was going mm, this is alright this bottle you know it was like a small bottle it tasted like wine and beer it was alright thought right that's it that's my bottle done and then the next thing I'm eating me cake I'm a few spoonfuls into the cake and I'm thinking and my mate's going, you're getting a bit pissed there. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm all right, I'm okay, yeah, I'm fine, I'm, I'm dandy. And I like a small bottle of this drink, you know. And I'm eating this uh, cheesecake, yeah, I'm sat there eating this cheesecake. Because I really, I was sat there, I wanted cheesecake, you know. I sat there and ate the whole cheesecake, but <laughs> you know, I think a whole bottle of uh, this Sammy Claus got me the cheesecake. And I'm sat there and I'm going on and on about the record shop. And my mate was one of my other friends at the shop. He was a bit upset actually, because I went about, oh, the record shop and the, you know, the record shop used to be, blah, blah, blah. But, um, it was like a blacked out, you know. One minute I'm sat there eating cheesecake. The next minute I'm chatting a load of rubbish to these people. And I can't remember how I got the bus home. <laughs> this is strange. Very strange tale. But you know, uh, real big. But you, when you when you go with these people and they say, 
this is a 4% IPA. You think, good Lord, they're talking algebra to you. <laughs> What's it going to taste like? You know? Um, but you get these fantastic beers. Um, I mean, anything over 4% is not, in my book, is not a beer. You could probably go about 5 or 6%. But really, you don't want to be drinking a beer that strong. Um, well, you know, you don't want to be drinking a few pints of it. Because you won't know where you've been. You know. And, um... You, you want to be able to enjoy something. 